Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Sunday and Wednesday, we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15-minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends in all things tech for the professional salon industry. Today, I'm going to do a bit of a solo riff, um, kind of an update on topics I have covered in the past. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. So episode number 12, it was called, excuse my French, as they say, fuck fake beauty news. Um, and um, I'm, I'm returning to this a little bit because I, I could do a whole episode around this, but I'm just going to tackle this one topic because it kind of something popped up in my Instagram feed. And it was again, these um, a pair of um, industry consultants, people I followed for a long time, I think they're, they're smart folks, um, but and really good marketers. And I, I think maybe some of that is what this is about. But um, yeah, there's video pops in my feed, and I'm gonna quote it. Um, they were having a conversation about events in the industry. And um, one of them said, quote, when you go to a hair show, who's on the poster? Always white straight men. Yet we're an industry um, that is gay as hell and female as hell. And, and then we put all these straight white guys on there. It's kind of gross. All right. Uh, I'm calling out a fake beauty news. Um, I mean, here's what I said in, in my response. I never respond to this kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't respond to anything on their pages, but um, I just couldn't help myself. Exclamation mark. <laughs> That's for me. This so feels like a post from 10 years ago. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Many of us complained about this for years, um, and it, but it began to change about 10 years ago. And if I look at the 2023 show programs, which are all out now, by the way, um, featured educator lineup for ABS. Again, they're talking about the brochures that get sent out, the, the educational lineup that appears in these flyers. So one, this is my, again, note here. One straight white guy out of 24 names and faces in the ABS lineup. One straight white guy. Premier Anaheim. Two straight white guys, as far as I know, out of 30, IBS New York was, and it's already happened, eight straight white guys that I noticed out of 51 in the lineup. You know, is everything rosy in, in the world of beauty and our larger world? Hell no. What is being said in this Instagram post? Not even close. I mean, seriously, the one thing coming out of pandemic that the beauty industry has done, um, and it was doing it before then, um, but but definitely there's been this transition. It, the transition began with influencers. I mean, influencers took over the stages and beauty shows going back quite a number of years now. So we began to see this transition, gay, female, straight, you know, but diversity, it was changing up. And then coming through pandemic, we saw further changes take place. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, again, um, fake beauty news, F it, I'm tired of it. Um, and um, yeah, um, that's my, my update rant on that one. Um, I recently did an episode on um, pro compensation. It was episode number 21. And then in number 15, I talked about the image of the industry. And I've been hearing a lot of conversations lately, you know, again, about, about these topics. And one thing always comes up, and I, I think it's kind of natural um, when we think about public relations for our entire industry, which is something that's really important. We've got a lot of PR folks who work in the industry for brands, independent uh, PR agencies, uh, consultants. Um, lots of them are my friends. Um, and, and we always kind of swing back to we have this big industry need of how people look at us. And some people feel that's negative. I don't know that I agree with that so much these days, but they always talk about the got milk campaign. We got to, we got to have an industry wide got milk campaign and it, it gets some traction. I think it has some traction in this moment. 
And I'm always challenged by that because I'm um, coming from the media size of, of the business. Um, you know, if you want to change any industry's image, first of all, you need to have a lot of money. Um, because if you're using PR to do it, um, even in the age of influence, it takes a, a lot of money and you, and you have to have a long plan, like a five year plan. Um, and I would say what I know about spending in the industry, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to lowball this and say, you got to have at least 10 million, you know, over, over um, five years. That's actually not very much money at all. Um, but we'll just go with that number. So I don't know where that's going to come from. Um, but because we always refer to the Got Milk campaign, which is very iconic in the advertising world, big, big, iconic campaign. I mean, who, who, who can't, yeah, we all remember it if we've, if we've seen it because it's celebrities, athletes, um, all kinds of people, you know, who are important in the world and who get our attention, have that little milk mustache thing going on. I mean, you just, it gets burned into our memories, you know? Um, and so, um, yeah, but like anything that's successful in the world, it's been studied time and time again. And you know, what's important to know about the Got Milk campaign is again, iconic. Everybody knows it. And, and what benefited was the milk council or whatever it's called, the organization, the association that represents the milk industry. Uh, people know about it and they know about the campaign. But in terms of moving the needle, um, achieving its goal, and what was the goal? It was, it was to get people to drink more milk. Um, since 1970, <laughs> milk consumption has gone down by 50%. And there was nothing about the milk campaign, which ran for many, many, many years, probably for a couple decades, um, and, and still, still out there. Still being, still being put out in new ways digitally, and, and I think otherwise. Um, people didn't drink more milk. They drank less milk, not because of the campaign, but just because of what's going on in the world. So it was not a successful campaign. So if we're going to talk about what we have to do to change our image, as I've said in past podcasts, again, going back to number 21 and to number 15, um, yeah, it, it's more about, you know, kind of the, the everyday life of hairdressers and making sure people are aware of the reality because I don't meet people who don't like their hairdressers or who don't like hairdressing. Um, and again, compensation is the key. We need to kind of rebuild our story, come up with a better story, come up with the, the true story of all the successes. Um, but um, yeah, go back and listen to episode number 21 for more about that. Um, in episode number 10, I, I talked about events and um, I think um, you know, that, that's interesting because coming out of pandemic, there was a few things that felt like the biggest changes would occur within those spaces because uh, so much of life has gotten back to how it was or, or different versions of how it was. The media has been forever changed. Um, and I think events have been forever changed. So it was great, great interest this last weekend that I went to the Redkin Symposium, which was down in Orlando, Florida. You know, shout out to Redkin. Um, um, they were nice enough to bring me down to the show. Um, I have been going to Redkin Symposium for many, many years. My first Redkin Symposium was in Orlando, Florida. They were back in Orlando this year. My first symposium, I think it was in 91 or 92, very long time ago. Fast forward to all these years, I'm back at Redkin Symposium post-pandemic Redkin Symposium. The iconic, really big Redkin Symposium, 10,000 attendees in Las Vegas the last time I was there, I think it was 2019. Big, big event, many moving parts and pieces, really kind of iconic, traditional, big over-the-top show with big main stages, big general assemblies, lots of breakout rooms, lots of attendees. Um, and again, coming out of pandemic, what's going to happen? Well, Redkin made a decision to regionalize the Redkin Symposium, which is fascinating. Um, three events will happen. Um, I don't know if they're, I think they're all this year. I know the next one will be in Dallas in June and kind of the traveling road show. So what's my take on the, on the new Redkin Symposium? 
Honestly, because um, in the work I'm doing these days, I, I, I'm this podcast not sponsored. I get to say what I really think, and I have to give them a ten out of ten. Um, it, moving out of pandemic, um, a lot of changes, big event, but fifteen hundred attendees, which is a lot of people in one big room. It was at the Orlando Convention Center in one of their halls, um, and um, so. I love the fact it was one room for the entire event, no breakouts. So you had that energy, which I think is so important. And 10,000 people in, in the same room, that's, that's like concert style energy. For me personally, too big. Um, reminds me more of the big beauty shows, although, although we're not all in the same kind of big room. But I love this intimacy and yet feeling really big at 1,500 attendees. Scaled back format all together for the entire event. Um, two days instead of three. Love that. Um, again, the no breakouts felt so good. The, the killer performances, but it was focused on education. Most of the folks on stage, again, top, top Redkin talent, kicked it off with Sam Villa, um, Sherry Doss, VP of Education, you know, oversaw the entire event. Kudos to Sherry. Two models, maybe three models at most per segment. We're, we're used to sometimes somebody like Sam would have 20 models. I love the educational feel. I love the, the less is more. That's been, been my whole theme this year. I've been preaching it to anybody who will listen. I, I, I don't know that Red can listen, but, but they definitely had a, a less is more symposium. Um, diversity across all the presentations. And uh, last thing I'll say on this one, they had a perm segment. I love it. Uh, if anybody was paying attention, um, perms uh, on the plane. Uh, Vogue had an article about perm. Uh, one of the other major consumer magazines had an article about Perm. We're kind of starting to see them all over the place. Um, some of the really big kind of influencers, uh, Bella, is it Hadid, um, has a Perm. Um, so ah, interesting. Uh, maybe Perms are coming back. Uh, we will see. Um, and shout out to my friends also over at Curl Cult. That's Janine Jarman. Again, got nothing to do with them. But I'm excited for them because, uh, yeah, there was a big perm segment. Um, it was with the dancers and all these perm headpieces. It, it was just really cool. And by the way, speaking of headpieces, um, they had a spectacular uh, nighttime performance. Um, the um, And I apologize, I'm forgetting his name. I want to say Davidson's his last name, but he's the king of fantasy hair from the Bronner Brothers shows. 14 years in a row, he's won it. He had like 100 people on that stage, blew the minds of the attendees. So again, a, a great nighttime um, event also at Redkin Symposium. So um, from an events perspective, my update is big brand event has come back different uh, revised kind of format. And I think that Red can hit a home run with that one. Um, um, artificial intelligence, um, episodes number 17 and number four. Still, it's a continuing conversation, all kinds of interesting things going on about that. And I think what fascinates me the most and what I'm hearing, viewing, you know, um, around AI um, is just how quickly it's being adapted by all kinds of companies. Um, I'm a big Canva lover. Love following what Canva's up to. That's a design platform. Um, they just had the Canva Create annual event, and it was all about AI. They have introduced so many features of AI where you can just type in words and it gives you um, um, it, it, graphic suggestions. You can build quickly PowerPoint presentations as a starting place. And what I love about you know the GBT, the, the open AI chatbot, is that um, it gives you the opportunity to put things in, uh, depending on how good are you, you are at asking questions. That, that will have a lot to do with what come back, comes back to you. And I think that's so important to say. It's kind of like a, a different version of Googling. You know, if you don't put the right stuff in Google, you, you know, garbage in, you get garbage results. 
Um, but what I don't like about Google, no matter how good you are nowadays, is there's so much money being spent on Google. I was looking for something, uh, uh, actually a, a recipe um, just last night. I um, put something into Google and I had 10 sponsored links come up before I got to what I was looking for. And then, then of course, you have to sort through, through your links and find the thing that you like. What I love about the AI and, and chat GBT specifically is as you start to get really good at putting stuff in as, as your questions, as your requests, the results just get better and better and better. Um, and, and all the experts are saying more and more and more. Um, it is like having a research assistant, depending on what you're doing. And I, I am absolutely finding that research assistant idea um, to be a really big, big idea. So um, again, interesting. In beauty, I've suggested, I think um, consultations are going to be impacted. My newest kind of gut color formulations. You know, I, I've heard from year, for years uh, 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 talking to really great colorists that, you know, that a lot of folks doing hair color aren't really that good at formulation. You know, it, it's a, it's a science. It's, it, and there's an art to it as well. I can see artificial intelligence becoming a formulation assistant and it could be game changing um, in, in what it does. So, you know, fascinated by that. Ooh, let's see. Last little bit of a rant here because uh, it's driving me crazy. And that is social media, which I'm in love with. You know, I, I think it has transformed the industry. I'm, I'm just so, you know, it, kind of enamored with it, what it's done for the industry. Um, independence, I, I would say, as a movement was born very much in, in its most modern way out of social media, out of apps, um, because it's allowed people to market. It's allowed, you know, given us all these tools. So love, love, love social media. Not love what's not love what's happening to it these days, you know the kind of TikTokification of all social because reels, you know that happened because of TikTok. And I think you know, as someone who's a math geek, you know, one of the things I love so much about social media is that we can measure performance. And as somebody who comes from the media, again, I had so many meetings where I was always you know explaining the performance on various media platforms. Um, to brands that we were in partnership to, you know, looking at influencers and what they were doing. And, and I love that you can measure it. What's happened now is with video taking over and posts, you know, pictures, you know, which were you know, the beginning of social, we've all of a sudden kind of moved into this wonky analytics period. And, you know, we always said engagement is everything. And I see people moving off engagement and now it's all about views. Um, views and engagement are not the same thing. In fact, views are extremely, extremely confusing to everybody. And we know that we're kind of in a kind of in a bottom period of of of, of engagement. Engagement has fallen across almost all the platforms. I watch brands really closely. I watch media really closely. And engagement is way, way down coming out of uh, the pandemic. And but everybody's like trumpeting. Oh, look at all these big, you know, reels: forty thousand, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand views. Well, I'm here to tell you that those views mean next to nothing. So how is Instagram counting views? And if you look at what Instagram tells us, you can Google it. You can find it in all kinds of places. If a video plays even a millisecond in anybody's feed, it is counted as a view. Now, I'm on Instagram off and on all day long. I've got it open on my phone right now. I'll turn the volume up and see if I can capture some of this. I'm going to scroll through my feed, You know, just me looking to see what Instagram is serving me up. And so as I do that, you, I'm going to one video, another, another. 
Another video. Another video. Another video. I'm not looking at any of these videos. I am scrolling. But I'm being counted. These are being counted as views. Again, um, bad. Um, we are entering or in the midst of kind of a bad place on social media because we are so heavy with video right now, which is a good thing. Video works. I'm a huge proponent of video. I am not a proponent of how analytics are being considered these days by the world, by the industry. Again, engagement is sinking. Views appear to be up. It's meaningless. You know, 40,000 views, what does that mean? I would be shocked if 10% of that has anything to do with quote unquote engagement, meaning people are actually watching those videos. It's probably closer to 1%. So you see 40,000, there's probably 400 people who really looked at that. I can't say that that's the truth because we don't really know. Um, and the fact that we don't really know means that social media is in trouble. Um, and I'm going to end there. I'll talk more about that in, in future ones. Again, a, a quick kind of roundup of a number of topics, some, some updates on things I have talked about in the past. And of course, I've been talking about social media for many, many years. So um, again, time is up. Hope it gave you something to think about. Hope it gave you a little bit, um, perhaps a, a, some insights, something to ponder. I want to encourage you to visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com and sign up for the free e-newsletter. Get some more content. Get early access to the podcast. Um, and you'll also get information about upcoming events. I've got two that will be launching in the fall, announcing them in about a week. So stay tuned for that. If you like the podcast, I hope you will um, leave a rating and or review. Hit the subscribe button. Best yet, share it with somebody. Uh, tell folks that you like uh, colleagues in, in your professional life about the podcast. I would appreciate it so much. Um, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Gordon Miller. I cannot wait to share more great information with you next time.